You unlock this door with a key of imagination. Beyond it is another dimension. A dimension of sound. A dimension of sight. A dimension of mind. You're moving into a land of both shadow and substance, of things and ideas. You've just crossed over into the Twilight Zone. Hollywood, 1939. Amid the glitz and the glitter of a bustling young movie town at the height of its golden age, the Hollywood Tower Hotel was a star in its own right, a beacon for the show business elite. Now, something is about to happen that will change all that. The time is now on an evening very much like the one we have just witnessed. Tonight's story on the Twilight Zone is somewhat unique and calls for a different kind of introduction. This, as you may recognize, is a maintenance service elevator still in operation waiting for you. We invite you, if you dare, to step aboard, because in tonight's episode, you are the star. And this elevator travels directly to the Twilight Zone. Welcome to Travel Tips Tuesday with John Rogers. On today's show, you'll learn up-to-date, creative, and personal tips that will help you make your travel dreams a reality. Enjoy today's episode. Here's John. Hello, everybody. I hope you are doing well tonight, this afternoon, this evening, on the bus, in the car, working out in the gym, at home, wherever you happen to be listening to this. Welcome back to another really fun episode of Travel Tips Tuesday. I hope you enjoyed that little monologue right up front. Yes, that was the wonderful vocal stylings of myself. But that is actually, word for word, the monologue from the library scene at the Hollywood Tower Hotel, a.k.a. the Tower of Terror. There's a story where I actually memorized the entire thing almost against my will as a cast member, and we'll get into that story in today's show. As we walk down Sunset Boulevard, we're going to talk about shopping. We're going to talk about dinings. We're going to dig into the attractions. Like I said, we're going to share a memory or two along the way and talk about the question of the day, which is a super great topic where your favorite nighttime spot is at the Walt Disney World Resort. And as I mentioned in the show today, this is the last show that we're going to be having live show, at least before the 50th anniversary of the Walt Disney World Resort. Don't miss our very special re-showing or rebroadcast of Illuminations Reflections of Earth. The last time I saw it, Back in May 2019, we'll be showing that on Facebook and YouTube at 8.30 p.m. Central Time next Tuesday, September the 28th, 2021. So we hope you can tune in on Facebook and YouTube next Tuesday at 8.30 Central on Facebook and YouTube. So thank you all so much for joining me again for another episode of Travel Tips Tuesday, and let's get into it shall we? Tonight, this is Travel Tips Tuesday, and it is September the 21st, 2021. And our question of the day is, name your favorite nighttime spot in Walt Disney World. Name your favorite nighttime spot in Walt Disney World. Now, when we ask a question like this, for some of you, you may think, grown-ups, what we do late at night, where we like to hang out and party and just sort of, you know, let our hair down, uh, you know, just hang loose and have a good time. For some of you, that may be you know, in the parks, more of a chill kind of thing. So let me know where is your favorite nighttime spot at Walt Disney World. I would love to hear from you tonight. Got some of you popping on. Thank you so much. Would love have some questions too, which is awesome. So if you do have any specific questions, by the way, and it's not the question of the day, please drop those in the comments. I will be answering those as we come along. Would love to kind of educate you along the way and let you know, uh, as much as I know. <laughs> and if I don't know the answer, I will definitely find out. But again, the question of the day is name your favorite nighttime spot in Walt Disney World. We will be coming back to some of those answers here in just a little bit. 
So thank you all so much for joining me on this show. Let's get into some Disney news. First and foremost, yesterday, very early in the morning at approximately 4.38 Central Time, to be, to be exact, reservations, advanced reservations for Space 220 opened up at Epcot. This is the brand new uh, kind of prefix, price fixed uh, restaurant experience where it's like you're dining 220 miles up uh, it, the restaurant is located right next to mission space in epcot uh, has an amazing menu for good things about the food so far a lot of people dining there uh, i tried to secure some reservations for myself and for my clients i was on my way to my computer at 4 40 a.m reservations normally drop at 5 a.m central 6 a.m eastern so I was on my way to my computer at 4.40 a.m. because I'm like, they're probably going to drop them 15 minutes early or whatever. Well, I was mistaken. <laughs> they dropped them at about a couple of minutes before I got there. By the time I sat down and logged on, pretty much everything was gone that I wanted. Uh, so there were lots of travel agents up that were not only working for themselves and clients, but many, many other people. And uh, shout out to my fellow Travel Nation agent, Levi, who was able to grab a sort of reservations and had some availability and is going to allow myself and one of my friends that will be down there to dine with him uh, at Epcot. So you'll be able to get my feedback, hopefully, uh, after we dine at Space 220 here in a little over a week. So looking forward to that experience. It's going to be a lot of fun. Also, some other Disney news that has been rolling down the pipeline over the past few days is that there's a vault collection, a vault collection in of inspired merchandise. So Disney has taken some of their merchandise of yesteryear and sort of rethemed it, tweet, you know, tweaked it a little bit uh, and used some of those original themings, kind of like they did in a way with a new annual pass sort of logo. If you've seen kind of the yellow uh, framed logo was sort of the more classic ish looking Mickey mouse uh, for annual pass holders uh, that are, that's out there now, sort of that kind of idea. Um, but with a 50th anniversary twist to it, uh, that merchandise will be available in magic kingdom at the Emporium, of course, and kind of sprinkled about and also at Disney Springs. And there's been a lot of like, a lot of this merchandise is constantly you know coming. So if you're there now or you're going and you're worried if there's going to be some, you know, out there when you're there, like you're looking for a particular item and that kind of thing. They're constantly refreshing themselves. So if you show up and it's not there, you know, when when you're looking for a particular thing, come back later on the day, maybe once or twice, and hopefully it'll be restocked, whatever you may be looking for, whether it's a backpack, a tumbler, a shirt, or, you know, a keychain, you know, because, you know, they're always going to have keychains for stuff, I, I suppose. But uh, there will be those things out there. And again, at Disney Springs and at Magic Kingdom specifically. Also, Mickey's Magic, one of those wonderful, wonderful sort of 4D-like shows where you get a lot of the scents and smells of uh, classic Disney animated films. Uh, in it's over there in Fantasyland uh, in, Ma in Magic Kingdom. It is actually closing down for a refurbishment from October the 11th to, to November the 11th. So from October 11 to November 11, it will be down for a refurbishment. And this is because they are updating the film just a little bit. They're going to be adding a scene in from the movie Coco, which I'm very, very excited about. If you have never seen Coco, you are missing out. It is one of my favorite modern animated films that is out there. The music is excellent. The uh, color is amazing. The storyline is great. It's a lot of fun too. It just puts a smile on your face and makes you appreciate family uh, a little bit more. So if you haven't seen Coco, definitely go check it out. It's on Disney plus great time of year to watch it uh, as well. So definitely check out Coco again, Mickey's Philhar magic going down for a refurbishment uh, briefly for a month from October 11th to November the 11th. Also Disney's all-star sports resort hotel is going to have a delayed reopening as uh, they continue a resort hotel 
kind of wide and right wide refurbishment. So they're you know been updating some of the rooms in that area, but also some of the fixtures uh, there as well. Some of those giant larger than life pieces that you're used to. They're trying to freshen things up a little bit, uh, make it a little bit more welcome and fresh and inviting. And if you do have a reservation that is booked at Disney's All Star Sports Resort, you should have already received confirmation or a, a word from Disney about rebooking that if you booked it yourself or if you booked with a travel agent, uh, they should be reaching out to you about it. If they have not, definitely, uh, definitely reach out to them. Uh, if you are one of my clients and I've already checked uh, to make sure everybody's taken care of that this applies to, so you should be good to go there. Also, Rise of the Resistance, and this is kind of one of the biggies that's popped up over the past week. Uh, Rise of the Resistance at uh, at Disney's Hollywood Studios is is some changing. And this is one of the things that we sort of saw coming eventually, but I think a lot of people, um, a lot of people, maybe this is coming a hair too early. And that is that the virtual queue, that queue system, the 7 a.m., you know, 1 p.m. Uh, queue options are going away as of last day that they're going to be able be available. It's actually tomorrow, uh, September the 22nd. And on the 23rd, it will go down to a standby line only, a standby line only. So there's a lot of speculation as to what this will mean for Lightning Lane and Genie Plus and the things to come. So, you know, we'll see, you know, it would be probably a really good educated guess to say that, uh, that, that, Rise of the Resistance will be one of the two attractions available for day of lightning lane purchases at Disney's Hollywood Studios, along with maybe Mickey Minnie's Runaway Railway or maybe even Slinky Dog. You know, all those things are going to all those things are going to depend on uh, the, the demand, first of all, and what the powers that be, all the bobs at, at Disney uh, decide is right for them. So I want to kind of pop over and take a look very briefly at our comment section. looks like a few of you folks are watching tonight. Thank you so much for hopping on. would love for you again to share this in your streams uh, so that others can join us along for the ride. So the last piece of Disney news I will mention is this, and this is sort of podcast related, if you will, is that uh, next Next Tuesday, so next Tuesday, September the 28th, had to look at the date to make sure I was right. Uh, I will actually be on my way to the Walt Disney World Resort as we speak, exactly one week from right now. And because of that, we are still going to have a Travel Tips Tuesday, but it'll be a little bit different. And that is we're going to have a reshowing of the last time that I saw uh, Disney's Illuminations Nighttime Spectacular. That was a former Nighttime Spectacular that repl- that was replaced uh, by... Epcot forever, and then will eventually be uh, replaced by Harmonious that will be debuting on October the 1st, which I hope to be able to see on October the 2nd. And for those of you wondering if I'm going to go live from the parks when I'm down there for the 50th, yes, I will be. But for the nighttime spectacular specifically, I am not going to be live streaming those just because of quality. I want to make sure what I capture is good, and we will have a restream of those uh, eventually. So uh, looking forward to that, looking forward to seeing all the things in, in a week or so and being able to report back. I'm sure it's going to be a lot of fun. There's going to be a lot of folks down there celebrating the 50th anniversary of the Walt Disney World Resort. And I'm so happy to be able to join uh, some of my friends along the way. So if you're going to be there for the Walt Disney World Resort 50th anniversary celebration, those last few days of September and first few days of October, would love to say, hey, please shout me out and let me know you are around. So tonight's topic is this. Uh, Actually, we're just on our question of the day. There we go. Hollywood, 1939. Hollywood. 1939, amid the glitz and the glitter of a bustling young movie town at the height of its golden age, the Hollywood Tower Hotel was a star in its own right. Sorry, uh, kind of going back to my days as a bellhop just a little bit. Uh, there was one day, quick story, 
story time, cast member story time. Uh, there was one day when I was at Bellhop at the Tower of Terror, which is right there at the foot, kind of the, it's the weenie, the, the icon for, uh, for Sunset Boulevard, that part of Disney's Hollywood Studios. There was one day when I was kind of rotating through the different stations and different areas, and I got stuck in the library scene. So the sort of pre-show area, you know, the queue kind of winds its way through the sort of outside garden, dilapidated garden area, and then sort of through the, the breezeway outside and then into the lobby of this hotel where it's all, you know, dusty and old and, you know, creepy bellhops that are there directing you into the library. And you go into the library and you get stuck in there. There's a video that pops on that's Rod Serling. And, you know, a voiceover kind of brings you into the theme, brings you into the story of the Hollywood Tower Hotel and lets you know about that. So one day I was actually in there and uh, due to um, reasons beyond that I fully understand, I was actually stuck in that library scene for over two hours hearing the same uh, short, you know, couple minute long video for two hours straight. And uh, it was it eventually got resolved, but I memorized that. <laughs> I memorized that uh, spiel, let's just say, and uh, occasionally we'll bust that out as I'm walking up there just for old time's sake. Anyway, it's, it's a lot of fun. We'll talk about the Tower of Terror in just a minute, but I wanted to go ahead and get started and talk about Sunset Boulevard, talk about uh, why this is such an amazing part of Disney's Hollywood Studios. So uh, Sunset Boulevard specifically was not, the, the vision of it was sort of there, right? It was it was sort of being being talked about, what, it, but it wasn't part of the opening day uh, excitement of the then Disney MGM Studios. So eventually, they felt the need to expand it because they wanted to add more to it, right? There were some things that were going on, some attractions, the Great Root Movie Ride. They had the Indiana Jones stunt show, Spectacular. Eventually, Star Tours opened, and they had some other things kind of scattered about. There's a lot of live entertainment there uh, as well around that time. So, and of course, they actually had working studios there uh, on site, hence the studios part of the name. And they, there were actually several animated features that were produced there and several other shows and whatnot. So uh, along the years, all that to say is eventually they kind of decided, okay, we, we need a little bit something more for this area. So uh, they expanded it and opened Sunset Boulevard. And we're going to take a look at some of the attractions and uh, dining and even a little bit of shopping along the way. So uh Let's start off on the attractions. I think that's one of the most exciting parts. The one of the first, uh, I think the first roller coaster, maybe the only roller coaster thus far that actually inverts at Walt Disney World, I mean goes upside down at Walt Disney World indoors, is Rock and Roller Coaster starring Aerosmith. Now, this attraction has been through a eh, couple of slight variations through the years, but for the most part, it hasn't really changed a whole lot. The pre-show has changed a little bit, as those of you that are uh, well-versed Disney Parks historians may know is that the pre-show kind of includes a, a video that sort of looks like a working uh, sound studio. And it used to have a guy that actually came out and grabbed the Les Paul and then, you know, walked out, sort of a roadie kind of guy. And then you kind of exit through the sound, sound stage and you're sort of in this back alley and you hop in your super stretched limousine that takes you onto the show. And there are speakers uh, that are well placed right next to your head to sort of give you some Rock and Aerosmith's tunes along the way has a launch system that catapults you straight out to top speed and you immediately you're going uh, upside down straight into one of those inverts again it's inside it's just so much fun it's a fun coaster uh, you will leave with a smile on your face there's just sort of an energy like if you're at disney and it's later in the day and you're you're looking for a way to to, to wake up and you're like yeah tower of terror is not my jam 
go on rock and roller coaster starring Aerosmith. It's a ton of fun and you will absolutely love it. It's a great, great roller coaster and one of my favorites uh, at the Walt Disney World Resort. There's also Lightning McQueen's Racing Academy. Lightning McQueen's Racing Academy. Now, this is kind of the newest attraction really to the Sunset Boulevard area. And this is located just past uh, just past Rock and Roller Coaster starring Aerosmith. In fact, if you're looking for it, you have to walk down Sunset, hang a left towards Rock and Roller Coaster uh, starring Aerosmith, and it's down around the right behind it. If you went to the Star Wars weekends from yesteryear, it is right smack where the Darth's Mall, M-A-L-L or M-A-U-L, uh, it's a case maybe the main sort of shopping area uh, back in the day for Star Wars weekends was back there. Uh, so definitely check that out. Uh, those two attractions, Light Lightning McQueen's Racing Academy is definitely a fun one. Uh, it's just sort of a little show that's life-size uh, animated, uh, fully animated and moving and, and talking uh, reproduction of Lightning McQueen is out there. And it kind of takes you through a little story and it's lighthearted and it's a great show uh, for the kids for sure. There's also the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror. Now, we won't park here for too long because we did a couple of episodes for episode 100 and 101 with former Disney Imagineer McNear Wilson, who was one of the key uh, Imagineers that had a uh, role in the design sort of concept process of uh, the Tower of Terror from, from the beginning. If you've seen the uh, Behind the Attraction show on Disney Plus. They don't mention McNear's name at all, but trust me, there are a lot of there are a lot of people involved in this. And McNear was in a lot of those meetings with uh, with Michael Eisner and even Mel Brooks, director Mel Brooks, and several others. That's you know one of the reasons why the Tower of Terror had this nickname called Hotel Mel uh, for a little while. And there are all sorts of different variations. So go back and Trouble Tips Tuesday to episode 100 and 101, and definitely check those out. You can learn a little bit more about the history behind it and what all it's you know involved uh in in that attraction it, it's revolutionary in in a lot of different ways with the the elevator system that not only just kind of you know drops you boop and then kind of go back up and drops you again uh, that's kind of what the system that's out in california does uh that is now the guardians of the galaxy breakout a, a mission breakout attraction that was the tower of terror there for a little while but essentially what's different if you're if you're a disneyland person if you've never been to walt disney world What's different about this one is that the, the elevator actually rides up and you come out of the shaft and you kind of move around and then you, you know, drop again. <laughs> and it doesn't act. You don't just drop. There are, there's a separate elevator motor. There's two. There's one at the top. There's one at the bottom. There's, there's a second one that actually pulls you down faster than the acceleration due to gravity. Completely random uh, drop sequence. And it's, it's a pretty cool thing. It's a lot of fun. Again, it'll wake you up. If you don't like this kind of attractions, fine. I get it. Uh, but it is it's definitely fun. If you like those thrill attractions, it is definitely one to check it out. The theming is excellent. And the stories are excellent. If you catch the bell hops on a bright day, you smile at them nicely. Uh, they might let you behind the stanchions out into the lobby, maybe even behind the front desk for a picture if you're lucky. Uh, that doesn't happen a lot. Uh, but you can always ask and see what they say. So definitely an attraction to check out. The Twilight Zone is, of course, really the park icon for Disney's Hollywood Studios right now. You'll see that on uh, a lot of different, you know, merchandise and all the things and park maps and all that kind of stuff. Uh, it is uh, they do a projection show around the holidays season for it. So definitely a fun place just to go and see like even if you don't want to go on that attraction or you don't want to go on rock and roller coaster starting aerosmith go through the queue lines check out the detail and there is a way to exit before you get on the attraction itself you can always do that if you want but just just the detail of those queues are, are pretty solid so definitely some some great attractions i could talk for a very very long time uh, about it but we're not going to do that 
uh, tonight. So <laughs> let's check it out, see what's going on here. Awesome, cool. A lot of y'all are commenting along the way. Cool. Let's see who's uh, who's on tonight. Jen says, good evening, John. Hello, Jen. Good to see you. Hope you are doing well. Amy is on. Hello, Amy. Nice to see you on tonight. Um, Jen says she's going to be there. Jen, it would be fun to run into you as well. Uh, Amy brings up a great question. How long is the 50th anniversary uh, at Disney going? So officially, the official length of the celebration is 18 months. So it's a great, you know, a year and a half, basically. So if you're looking for some of the fun Disney merch or the fun Disney things, officially the, sh the, uh, the show Enchantment, which was brought on for Disney's 50th anniversary, will be running for 18 months. And you'll see a lot of the different iridescent theme, which is that sort of purplish, bluish, goldish, rose goldish hue that you see uh, on a lot of different things on the on the 50th anniversary costumes and even some of the, some of the merchandise and some of the signage and promotional you know stuff um, come with the castle was painted in in a way sort of changes colors with the with the sunlight uh, a little bit but it's uh, that'll be around for a while so if you're not able to go you know within that first month. I mean, going within that first month, being there on October the 1st is, is something special for sure. Uh, but if you're not able to be there those first few moments, don't, you know, sweat it. Uh, they'll be doing a lot of those things for a little while to come. So, but being there in the fall with the 50th anniversary going on, or even soon thereafter during the holiday season, uh, you know, Thanksgiving, Christmas, that time of year, uh, will be pretty special as well, I imagine. So definitely want to check that out as they continue to bring more and more things. Jen actually answered that 18 months, 18 months, but officially starts October the 1st. Again, our question of the day, if you're just popping on, is this name your favorite nighttime spot in Walt Disney World? And my buddy, Matt Appleby, uh, who I'm assuming has finished his show for the, tonight, this is probably one of the best answers out there. Trader Sam's. Uh, thank goodness Trader Sam's is back open at the Polynesian Village Resort. This is kind of that classic uh, Disney nighttime spot uh, situation. Uh, you can bring kids into it. Uh, I think it's until maybe like four o'clock. There's a there's a time frame in there. But I want to say it's like early to early mid ish afternoon somewhere in there when it when it opens you can bring kids in there to see it and that kind of thing but after a certain point uh in the in the early evening late afternoon it does become an adults only venue adults only venue so cool stuff y'all thank you so much for commenting i would love to hear from you if you have a answer to our question of the day right here which is name your favorite nighttime spot in walt disney world i'm going to be sharing some of mine here in just a little bit so we talked about the attractions let's talk about our next favorite topic uh, at walt disney world at sunset boulevard over at disney's hollywood studios and that is dining we love to eat some food while we're around there now when we think about dining at disney's hollywood studios we might think about 50s primetime cafe or we might think about sci-fi the sci-fi dine-in theater we might think about the brown derby we might think about abc commissary or woody's lunchbox but sunset boulevard has a lot of dining options for you it's definitely one of the better places to go to grab something quick uh, if you're more comfortable these days eating outdoors there's plenty of outdoor seating over at the sunset ranch market the sunset ranch market uh, which has several uh let's see one two three four kind of places to grab different types of bites uh, over that way it's sort of covered as you're walking up to the hollywood tower uh, hotel or the tower of terror it's on your left it's right past most of the stores uh, on your left uh, across from the entrance to uh, the beauty and the beast show uh, that's there 
there is over at the Sunset Ranch, Sunset Ranch Market, there's Anaheim Produce, uh, which is sponsored by Cuties. It's an official sort of sponsor of it. Uh, Cuties are those little small, like Mandarin, you know, orange uh, things. So they will have, they'll have those there. They'll have other types of fruit and things available and just some bottled drinks, I believe, over that way. Just real quick way to walk in, pick something up. If you're just kind of looking for something to kind of pick you up on the go. Great spot there at the Sunshine Sunset Ranch Market. There's also Rosie's All-American Cafe. This is your quintessential place for burgers and dogs. It's not the official Disney explanation, but if you're looking for a theme park cheeseburger, hamburger, or hot dog of some sort, you can definitely get those there. There are a few different sort of variations slightly uh, there that are available as well. And at some of these places over at the Sunset Ranch Market, they do have some of the seasonal treats available. So the, the Halloween themed items that you'll see out there, the, the frozen apple cider sort of things, little, uh, you know, different types of cupcakes and maybe even some different type cookies that are available. You'll see some of those things over that way. Uh, but again, Rosie's All-American Cafe has burgers, dogs, and this is kind of ish random so they always try to cater to you know different types of uh you know allergies and food options like vegetarians there is a plant-based lobster roll that is available at rosie's all-american cafe now i don't eat as you may know i don't eat lobster because i'm allergic to shellfish um even this does not sound that appetizing to me personally but that's just me the the plant-based Lobster, by the way, are is, is made up of hearts of palm or seasoned and in, in sauced and all that kind of stuff. So if you've had that, would love to know uh, what you think. Would love to know what you think of it anyway. Would you eat a plant-based lobster roll? Just generally speaking, just curious. Moving onward, this has a little bit better news, I think, for some of us, the Fairfax Fair. Now, if you are familiar with the history of Disney parks, you know at one point in time, there used to be uh, a, a more direct relationship, actually more direct relationship between uh, Walt Disney World and McDonald's, aside from just allowing one of their locations to be on property. So there used to be the ability to be able to get McDonald's fries in the parks. There was a location at every single theme park and the location for Disney's Hollywood Studios or MGM back in the day was Fairfax fries. That is now Fairfax fair. Now, they have different types of hot dogs there now. So no longer the McDonald's fries things. But what they have there are these different types of gourmet-ish hot dogs. So if you like hot dogs, but you want to kick it up a notch, this is the place to go. And this is just one of the examples. There's lots of examples that they have there, but this is just one of them. They have, I'm going to say this twice just so you don't miss it. They have a truffle bacon, macaroni, and cheese hot dog. I'll repeat that again. They have a truffle bacon, macaroni, and cheese hot dog that has one two, three, four things in it, and just one name that I know I will like. So that's like one of those things where you look at, you're like, that sounds amazing. I'm going to need a knife and fork for that. So uh, we'll be curious if you've had that. I may have to try that next time around. Uh, so <laughs> we'll see. Um, but anyway, the truffle bacon macaroni and cheese hot dog sounds pretty amazing. So Jen is from New England, and she actually says a plant-based lobster roll is <laughs> a plant-based lobster roll is sacrilegious. So yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I, I went to New England once and got to go to Maine as a child and kind of tour around. And, and we went to one of these, uh, restaurants that kind of sit on the water. can't remember where specifically in Maine. I think it was outside Portland somewhere anyway. Um, and I, you know, my family kind of walked down the dock and into the sort of dockside restaurant and they were looking at the tanks that had all the lobsters in them. And this is, you know, a travel mini from memory from like, you know, 20 plus years ago. And you know, everybody was like, me like, I want that. You know, my sister was like, I want that lobster. My brother was like, mom, dad, I'm like, I want that lobster. I want that 
that lobster over there. And my parents like turned around and looked at me. They're like, oh, wait, <laughs> my kid, my kid can't eat shellfish. So we were like looking at the menu and there's a 16 ounce T-bone. They had a 16 ounce T-bone steak that was on the menu. And I had that and I ate every single last bit of it. It was absolutely amazing. Great steak. So don't feel bad for me if you do that. I can't eat shellfish or lobster, or crab or shrimp or any of that kind of stuff. Uh, I do love a good steak. Second, uh, fourth, fourthly, over at the Sunset Ranch Market over at Sunset Boulevard, this is your last option for food over that way. That is the Hollywood Scoops ice cream. So there's a good ice cream shop at every park. This is the one for Disney's Hollywood Studios. You know, there's a few places to get ice cream around, but this is like the place to go. If you want your classic, like, hand-scooped ice cream experience, Hollywood Scoops. Definitely a great tasty treat to cool off. Uh, if you've got a sweet tooth, tooth, check it out. It's good ice cream. Been there before. Had it many times. Straight up in a waffle cone. Give me a couple of scoops, and I am good to go. I'm a cookies and cream kind of guy. Mint chocolate chip will do in a pinch. Uh, that's kind of where I'm at as far as ice cream goes. Moving forward past the Sunset Ranch Market area over toward Rock and Roller Coaster starring Aerosmith, there is the KRNR, the rock station. And they have, and this is just sort of like a little, it's not really a kiosk. It's more of a, a, a food sort of a larger food cart area uh, that they have set up. It's a permanent fixture there, and they have a lot of frozen things for you. So it's kind of tucked back there a little bit. Uh, there's, you know, every time I've been by, there hasn't really been much of a line, but I think that's because a lot of people don't know it's there. So if you want a frozen lemonade, so one of like the quintessential theme park things and Disney World, Walt Disney World is definitely not your quintessential theme park experience, I don't think. Um, but if you if you want that frozen lemonade, if that's like something you like, that's where you want to go uh, at Disney's Hollywood Studios is right over there to uh, KRNR, the rock station. Definitely check out your frozen lemonade. Sounds delicious. And last but not least, over around, uh, over around Sunset Boulevard is Joffrey's Coffee and Tea Company. So yes, there is a Starbucks location on on the main drag at each park uh, at Walt Disney World. But they also have Joffrey's Coffee and Tea, which is a great option for you. The lines there are generally not quite as long uh, as they are at the Starbucks. And the coffee is still pretty good. Uh, I've had Joffrey's before, and they make a good coffee. So if you just want a regular hot coffee or look at, you're looking for a frozen you know, frappe, mocha, latte, something or other, uh, definitely check it out. It's good. It's not like hotel, cheap hotel coffee that they just kind of throw in there to give you your caffeine intake for the day. Uh, but it's, it's pretty decent coffee. I would definitely check it out uh, for sure. So awesome stuff, y'all. Cool stuff. So last thing I want to take a look at over at Disney's Hollywood Studios and Sunset Boulevard is shopping. We all love our shopping experiences, right? I mean, there's always a gift shop. There's one, there's a gift shop when you get off Tower of Terror. There's a gift, gift shop when you get off Rock and Roller Coaster uh, starring Aerosmith. Uh, there are gift shops, different types of shops, all the way up uh, as you head towards the attraction. So you got <laughs> it's it's kind of funny. It's you know, very well placed. You know, I go past the shops on the way to the attractions. You get out of the attraction. You go out of a shop and you go past the same shops that you went past on the way in, on the back out. So well played, Disney, to kind of get you to, to buy stuff. That's a good call there. Alrighty, so there are, there are four quick places. I'm just going to give you a quick uh, couple of notes about each of these. Um, but that is first off, and first off, it's going to be the Beverly Sunset Boutique. The Beverly Sunset Boutique uh, is right there on Sunset Boulevard. There's also a Sunset Ranch pins and souvenirs. So if you remember the Sorcerer's Hat at Disney's Hollywood Studios or Disney MGM, you know it's a, it's a I don't know was a hotly contested subject. Underneath the Sorcerer's Hat was a pin trading station that's where they had the pin set up and you can go and buy and trade pins up, up under the hat when it was there i love the hat i thought it was great i miss it 
you know, yes, you kind of got a better groove of the theater, you know, view of the theater and everything. But like when you went in Disney's Hollywood Studios, you knew that was a park icon. I have heard other podcasters say this recently. Other friends say this. And I agree. Like, I love the hat. I've got some of my most favorite pictures, like from my honeymoon and other years were right in front of that sorcerer's hat. I miss it. But you can still get pins. That's where the pins were there. That time, the pins now are over at Sunset Ranch Pins and Souvenirs at uh, right there on Sunset Boulevard. Also, there's Once Upon a Time in Legends of Hollywood. Uh, Legends of Hollywood is sort of that more upper-end shopping establishment at Disney Hollywood Studios. If you're looking for the Kate Spade-branded purses or handbags, uh, you know, shoulder strap bags, stuff like that, uh, some of the, you know, Dooney and Burke items, stuff like that, that's where they're going to be at that park if they are available because some of those things are seasonal. Sometimes they're limited runs, and you never know what's going to be in there. So definitely check that out. I've been in there before. Uh, the place is pristine, a lot of great uh, – great merchandise a lot of great help if you're looking for something specific uh, they can definitely help you out if it's not there just like the great thing i love about disney is that they won't just kind of leave you up the creek if, if it's just happened to be out um if especially if you get the right cast member you say hey i'm looking for this particular item um, they will figure out a way to to find it if they've got it. Uh, they will search their merchandising systems. They'll make phone calls if you know they have to and let you know where it can be found. If it's at a hotel, if it's at Disney Springs, if it's in a park, uh, they'll find those items for you. And that's not just for the upper end merchandise. That's pretty much for any little item that you're looking for. But I will say this about some of the seasonal items uh, and the 50th anniversary merch that you will see merch short for merchandise uh, that you will see around. If you see something that you like, buy it if you see something that you that you like go ahead and buy it then like if you like it enough now there are some things like the plushes and some of the pins and that are not seasonal items and some of the other you know sort of generic branded you know buy buy two for 30 or 40 whatever it is special kind of shirts that you'll see around they'll be in multiple different places uh, but there are some things that are special, like if it really means something to you, go ahead and buy that. Because I can tell you the number of times I've gone around, we'll make, make our list, we'll take pictures of the barcodes, and you know, you know who wants what and those kind of things. Make our shopping list, and we'll come back at the end of the day, and it's gone. It's not there anymore. So one of my favorite Disney ties, neckties that I have, you don't see a lot of these around anymore. But one of my favorite Disney neckties that I have uh, was a, I think, a 40th anniversary Epcot uh, tie. And uh, I've still got it. It's blue. It's a giant Mickey head on the bottom of it. Sort of the classic Walt Disney World D uh, that's kind of sort of a pattern on it. And I, I saw that tie in Magic Kingdom. And I was like, we'll go back at the end of the day and find it and buy it, whatever. So it wasn't there, uh, but I found a cast member that discovered it was over at Coronado Springs. And on our way out on that particular trip, we got in the car and we drove over to Coronado, Coronado Springs. And sure enough, there it was. Uh, and I purchased it and we moved on from there. So uh, lots of great Disney merch that's coming out. And the Disney merch, generally speaking, is pretty decent quality. Uh, so uh, if you have any questions about that, just let me know. Uh, we've, we did an episode, I think, I don't know, on Travel Tips Tuesday a while back. Uh, about shopping in the parks it's been a while so maybe we need to do that uh again someday so anyway awesome stuff so <laughs> so rj uh, my buddy rj mccarley who's a west coast friend he lives within a stone's throw of disneyland uh, he says hey john you were a cast member on tower of terror so you know that right yes i do know that right well, do they still have pin trading there at Disney's Hollywood Studios? So, Jen, great question. So, pin trading is kind of one of those things that's hit or miss. Um, you know, if you see cast members that are wearing pins, uh, still you can, you know, they're obligated to stop with you. But as far as I know, right now, they still have the, the socially distant pin trading options available where they have different pin boards out occasionally. They, they're not out 
all the time. But when they do, the pin boards will be out, and there's a little bucket where you, you know, take your pin off your lanyard or whatever you've got your pins on in your book, and you'll drop it in the bucket, and then they will take the one off uh, and then put, you know, give it to you, put it on the table or whatever, and give it to you, and you kind of trade them that way and move on. So there is still pin trading available, uh, and it's just kind of hit or miss where you're going to find it and see it. And those locations do vary a little bit. Sometimes they get moved around some. So if you are a pin trader, what I would do is just ask the cast members when you get there, say, hey, where's pin trading happening today? You know what time, and they should be able to find out. If the cast member you talk to doesn't know, uh, ask them if they can find out. If they still don't, uh, you know, if they, if they don't, <laughs> if they don't, uh, you know, give you an answer that you like, you can always go to guest relations, and they can usually tell you uh, pretty quickly. So I want to go ahead and take a look back at our question of the day one more time before we close out for tonight, and I want to give you a couple of reminders. Our question of the day was: Name your favorite nighttime spot at Disney's Hollywood. Uh, or excuse me, name your favorite nighttime spot at Walt Disney World specifically, so not just at Disney's Hollywood Studios. So let's take a look at our main feed here. Uh, I'm just going to give you first names for folks here. And then my friend Brian says, in front of the castle, waiting for the fireworks, of course, definitely a classic spot indeed. Uh, also, Audrey says, Main Street or the rear area, or the area near Rapunzel's Tower. So she's got a great point. So Rapunzel's Tower, the Rapunzel bathrooms, you know, people know, about Rapunzel's stuff for the bathrooms, but it's got a tower, right? That's back there that's lit up where you might have seen people have these photos uh, with photo pass photographers with these, you know, holding the lanterns from Rapunzel. That's where that happens. Kind of back there, tucked in the corner of Fantasyland before you go sort of the divide between the Fantasyland and Liberty Square area that's over there by uh, Haunted Mansion. It's kind of tucked back there uh, a, a little bit right before you go into. Uh, the spot where Haunted Mansion is from Fantasyland. So definitely check that out. Uh, Fantasmic, for sure. Jen loves Fantasmic. I love Fantasmic as well. Fantasmic, sometimes, you know, it's, it, it doesn't get all the love I think it should, but it is, it is a great show. It's technically, it's a complicated show. Uh, the storyline, you know, depending on who you talk to, uh, may or may not make sense, uh, but there's a lot of really good there's a lot of really good effects. It's a crowd pleaser for sure. I will say having seen Fantasmic on the East Coast at Walt Disney World and having seen it at Disneyland in California, very different experiences. And the one in Disneyland has a slight edge to it because it's almost, you know, it's not this grand, you know, five, 8,000 seat amphitheater. Uh, but in, in Disneyland in California, it's actually done on Tom Sawyer's Island. And the area around it is kind of transferred uh, into uh, somewhat of a standing room. And there's a seating sort of area for it. And it's just a different experience. And it's the same general music. The soundtrack slightly different. Uh, but it's 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 more almost, it's more up front. Like you feel like you're closer to it uh, in a lot of ways. And absolutely love Fantasmic. Jonathan says, World Showcase, China, right near the water. I'm a big fan of World Showcase also at night, especially anywhere you know near those giant, like, uh, a, a torch burning fires that they've got uh, going on. Love World Showcase. It's just a real picturesque spot. I believe David says the Mexico Pavilion. Nate says, I'm going to say Disney Springs, lots of food, beverage, and entertainment options. Definitely for sure. Mackenzie says Coronado Springs on the three bridges with fresh churros. Ooh, that sounds amazing. I could go for a fresh churro. For sure, man. That sounds great. I'm going to have to get one of those as we go uh, next time around. So, again, thank you all so much for joining me for Travel Tips Tuesday. Just as a reminder, send this up front. Uh, next week, we will not have a live show, but we will have a re-showing of 
Illuminations. The last time I saw Illuminations, Reflections of Earth. It sounds pretty decent on it. Uh, and the video is okay. There's kind of like this one spot where, <laughs> where there's like a pole there briefly, but we adjust the camera a little bit. And you even get some crowd reactions that I think are pretty, uh, pretty awesome too. Uh, great memory. And I loved Illuminations. I know there are some people out there that don't like Illuminations that much. If you don't, you're wrong. Just saying. That's just me. I don't know. Uh, but we can talk about it later, but I love the illumination soundtrack. I've got it in my car right now. So hope you enjoy uh, viewing that and please, you know, comment on that, share that when that is on, it can be, this will only be a live thing. I'm not going to show illuminations on podcasts because well, there's, you know, this is primarily an audio based podcast aside from we do it live on Facebook and YouTube. So Anyway, thank you all so much for joining me on Travel Tips Tuesday. We can't wait to talk to you again during the 50th anniversary of Walt Disney World, and we'll see you again real soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Travel Tips Tuesday. We'll be back next week with another episode. See you then.